You're listening to the Give Me Five Podcast, episode 154, side A. This is the Gimme 5 Podcast. We're kind of entertaining, and we talk about things that are very entertaining. And that could be movies, it could be streaming, it could be music, it could be video games, it could be all could sorts be of stuff. your mom. Definitely your mom. That happens occasionally. We could talk about our moms, we could talk about their moms, uh, talk about his mom. Lots of moms. Uh, we also, of course, will definitely talk about weird crap happening in Florida. Uh, my name is Penistopher Whipplecrap, and I am joined by Alistair Vaginafoot. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. And named after the poet, Lord Byron Farthammer. You're damn right. That's who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Lord Byron. This week we are talking about a bunch of stuff that makes me happy. Yes. I it was a great week for entertainment. We are going to talk about the haunting of Bly Manor. We're going to talk about Hubie Halloween, Adam Sandler's new um, Netflix offering. exclusive. Yeah, for Netflix exclusive and Never Hike in the Snow, which uh, Jimmy is basically a producer. He I, uh, he made hey, man I. I saw my name. I freaked out. Bullet right and everything. Thanks, Ben. Very cool. And uh, so this week, just a just a little warning. Rob, using an Apple computer for the first time while recording, dude, because he's cursed and all of his electronics are breaking. Jesus so Christ. it is. It is absolutely horrendous. My mom swears that it's because Mercury is going into retrograde, and that usually plays havoc with electronics. But I, I mean, my water heater went. Uh, then followed up last week by my television, and this week my computer has crapped out. So it it has just been a fun time at my house. Um, it shit is just blowing up around here. <laughs> I was telling this story to my wife, and then I, as I was making fun of electronics, I actually paused and asked Alexa if she was able to control any murderous robots, and she informed me no, she's not. She also has not seen Terminator Two. So I think I'm safe, but I did. Excellent. I am very polite to Alexa. I always say thank you after she does stuff for me. But anyway, so just be aware that stuff might get weird throughout the episode, more weird than usual as a result of this. So just wanted to give some warnings. Uh, one of those weird things, of course, is the fact that um, usually Rob would be doing the spoiler right now, but he can't. Oh, wait, you can see the this, this script. I, so, no I, actually, I actually can see it. We've got it set up so now that I can see it. But I have no idea how to use how to use Apple, so we're gonna we're gonna wing it. And as a result, this is a review show. We're going to try to avoid any major twists, but you know what? There's probably gonna be spoilers, especially when we talk about things like Hubie Halloween and the haunting of Bly Manor. Spoilers not so much for our for our later movie. But if we are talking about something that you haven't seen or seen read or listened to yet 
then you might want to use your own discretion and come back later. I do believe it is now time for news. It news. is time for news. Gentlemen, I have a couple of stories for you, but there's one that takes precedence over all of the others. Do I need to get my hot cocoa and popcorn? Ooh, you're going to eventually. Because okay. this news is about a film that releases next month on November 20th. This is a film starring the incomparable Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I think I saw an ad for this. Oh, does it involve a martial art? It does. But... <laughs> I saw this. I saw the story, and I was like, "I didn't at all, me. man. You got to be shitting me." All right, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I will do my very best. Um. <laughs> I love how this movie uh, is from the director of Kickboxer Retaliation. Right? Okay, there's the red one, right? Okay, perfect. This film is entitled Jiu-Jitsu. For some reason, yeah. that is not really revealed in the trailer. Because Jiu-Jitsu, as we know, is a martial art style, if you will, that is not specifically represented in the trailers that I've seen so far, but basically what you have is every however many years, the planet's line, a portal opens, and an alien being comes to Earth to challenge its greatest warriors. Where have I heard this before? I don't know. Couldn't couldn't tell you at all. Now, mm, this sounds like such a new and interesting story. It sure does. Please continue. I will. Now, the fate of all mankind hangs in the balance. Hangs on the outcome of the battle between alien martial artist and Nicolas Cage, Frank Grillo, Tony Ja. And a bunch of other people who are uh, what are referred to in the trailer as jujitsu artists. But there's not a whole lot of rolling so, in submission. I'm assuming they called it jujitsu because mortal fighting was taken. I, I mean, sure. You know, it, mortal there could combat. have been a lot of other <laughs> names chosen for this, but it looks absolutely fucking entertaining and november 20th if i could go to a theater i would and i would be in line at night. <laughs> why why do i get the feeling that this is like some kind of movie that they threw together because of covid and they're like you know what nothing's come out let's just throw this shit together somebody film this with like an iphone in their backyard i guarantee no, it. Th this one actually looks like it was shot with actual cameras. I could be wrong because, let's face it, we're going to be shooting movies, entire movies, on cameras here eventually. Well, wait, so... Well, entire it's movies amazing. are shot on cameras. Yeah. Phone, phone cameras. I, iPhone cameras. Oh. So here... It's amazing the sheer amount of weird, wacky, artistic 
craziness that has happened basically as a result of Nicolas Cage going bankrupt. Because like he went bankrupt and then he's like, well, if you want me to do a movie and you're going to pay me, I'll just say, yeah. So we ended up with like crazy stuff like, you know, Mandy, of course, this. Um, I think, uh, oh, shoot, the one that was just referenced last week, uh, the B one. The Beetlejuice. Uh, where he's in, put in the, the giant effigy at the end. It's a remake. Wicker Man. Of the, Wicker Man. Yeah, Wicker yeah, Man. The B. B E E. Yeah, yeah. yeah, not B film like like crappy film. B film like Buzz. Um, obviously, the original very good, but it's just amazing how many weird ass movies that Nicolas Cage has just decided to do. Yeah, if you're gonna pay me, That's I'll true. do. It. Now, guys, I want to tell you about one more film that was shot entirely on phones. Segway, and that film is called Stay yeah. Home. This film was shot during. The a pandemic that we're all currently involved in. It's starring Daniel Harris, Scout Taylor Compton, D. Wallace, Barbara Crampton, Amir Talay, and Kane Hodder. Lots of horror alum. Horror icon. Is that is it? Is it like a found footage kind of thing shot on iPhones and shit? Is it gonna make me nauseous if I watch no. it? No, not really. It's more of they're kind of calling each other back and forth. Just checking mm-hmm. on each other, and there's a killer who's referred to as Yellow Mask, who is taking out our horror icons. Very cool, 16 minute film. Not a huge time investment. 16, 16. or six zero. No, 16. One six. Uh, very short. Very yeah. fun. So, because we're in the Halloween season, I definitely suggest that you check out the bloody, disgusting, produced Stay Home. And enjoy if you're a fan of Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween, and Barbara Crampton was the uh, the mom in one of my favorites, You're Next. So check mm. that out. And you should watch Are it they... on your phone, like in the woods somewhere. Are they going to VOD that for like 15, 20 bucks? No, it's free, it's free online. No, I, 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 I watched it on YouTube. Nice. Well, I got yep. some stuff. Uh, real quick, uh, the new Spider-Man game going to come out with the PS5 that I'm never going to be able to get. That nobody's going to be able to get unless you spend like three times the co- three times the price to get it. Yeah. So of course, the new Spider-Man game Asshole. is supposed to take place one year after um, the previous Spider-Man game. You are going to be Miles Morales. Everyone knows that. But just revealed today, uh, there's going to be a cat in the game. The cat's name is Spider-Man, and he is a bodega cat. Spider-Man the cat? So, yeah, Spider-Man the cat. He's a bodega cat that you rescue in one of your early missions. And a bodega cat is, of course, the little cats that that live inside of, like, the little stores around New York. And this one hangs out on the counter of one of the stores, and you rescue this cat. Oh. And and as a result, um, the cat becomes your buddy and rides around on your back in a a, um, backpack. And actually will help you by, like, helping you with finishing moves. So he, he, it's adorable. He's a little orange cat, and he wears a little tiny Spider-Man mask. So he starts off being called, he, the owner of the cat refers to him as Spider-Man. But when you kind of adopt him, he becomes Spider-Cat. And he uh, and peeks out of the, good. 
And occasionally Miles turns to the cat and tells him to help with the finishing move. And the cat kind of looks at him and then turns around and walks off. Like a cat should do. Like a cat does. Yep. Yeah. It's like, is there an, no, I'm okay. To just say, nah. Oh, I love it. It's so it's, and it's really well animated too. Cause it's the, uh, the PS five. Um, but kind of cool. Him swimming, swinging around with the cat peeking out of there. I'm cool with it. Uh, just sent to our chat room, which I saw this earlier, but I forgot to put it on news. Sent in by Kerwin. I'm not sure if you saw by this, Dexter but Dexter Info. is coming back. I did see yeah. that. Dexter coming back in 2021 with Michael C. Hall. Everyone hated the season finale or the series finale of that. And I'm guessing they're maybe getting a little bit of a redo. I have no idea what happened no, in that, that series never, finale. Never got into it. It, um, go ahead. it didn't end on a happy note. Gotcha. But either way, they're going to um, do a, a limited series Ten uh, picking up where it left off in 2013. And they said, you know, as usual, they always say, we weren't going to do it unless we found a good way to do it. And apparently they did. And I don't know, maybe I'll ever watch the last two seasons. I, I kind of stopped at season four or five. It became a little exhausting because you were really, it, you were always, every episode ended with like such a cliffhanger about like him getting caught or something. And it was like, now he's gonna have to kill someone I like, so I kind of fell off. Mm-hmm. So that is the Dexter news, the cat news, and there's some bigger news that this might end up leading to other discussions. Uh, Disney is announced a reorganization of their uh, entertainment and media divisions. Uh, it used to be two separate divisions: the Disney Plus side, and then the um, the TV side, and the I guess three, maybe. I'm not sure exactly how it was laid out, but everything used to be separate. And the film side, the TV side, and then the Disney Plus side. Uh, now it is all basically reorganized under pretty much the Disney Plus side. So it's all centralized. Um, that is for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney Plus, everything all together. Hmm. And what they're doing is, they're, I guess they said they're trying to accelerate the direct-to-consumer strategy. Um and centralizing it is a way to help that go quickly. Um, so this could be a big deal. It could very much hurt theaters, obviously. Um, I guess they just announced that, uh, what is Soul, the Pixar movie, is now going straight to Disney Plus in December. It was supposed to be in theaters, of course. Um, Which I know one? Regal Theaters. Soul, the, oh, the one okay. where the, the trailer has the guy um, singing music and he falls into the... Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well. So... Uh, the quote is, I would not characterize it as a response to COVID. CEO Bob Chapek told CNBC's Julia Borston, I would say COVID accelerated the rate in which we made this transition, but it was going to happen anyway. Now, this, of course, as I said, hurts theaters. You are, you are a fan of theaters. I am as well. And we all are. Everyone really is. But there's, there's been some other changes that might hurt theaters the way we know them. And I don't know if you guys know about the Paramount decree. I just learned about it. So I'm not pretending like I'm smarter than anyone. I just literally learned about it last week. Uh, 19 back in the day, the theaters were owned by the movie studios. So it was kind of a, a, a monopoly in a way. So, you know, if you, if you were an independent movie production company, you couldn't get a movie in the theater. And this is like the forties. So that's why everything was the studio system, but they got rid of that. And that was called the Paramount decree. So in 1947, 
basically they were like, look, the studios can't own the theaters because it, it hurts business and all that. Well, that was scuttled back in August, right around the time. Um, so Mm-mm. the, uh, as part of the, uh, you know, uh, deregulation that has been the push of the current administration. They got rid of the Paramount decree and it's going to basically allow these major companies to start buying theater chains. Now theater chains are hurting right now. So you, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden we're now not looking at Regal, we're looking at Disney theaters or Amazon theaters. And I'm torn because is that the only way to save theaters? Then do it. But at the same time, how many times do we talk about independent films that no one would ever see if they're not Disney or Universal or Paramount? So I'm, to be I'm very fair, torn. though, I mean, I I don't I don't know the last time I well, I mean, I don't know if any of the movies that I've seen are technically classified as independent films. But I mean, most of the films I've seen have been big budget films anyway. I don't typically see independent films unless I stream them, basically. Uh- same here. Uh, I Hereditary. Was that an independent that? film? Yeah. Yeah. Um, any of it. it was. I mean, it wasn't Disney or Universal right. or any of those major companies. But it was. What's that company that does that A24. does Hereditary? Um, A twenty four. If if anything, I I don't know that that would affect my viewing that much. I don't know that it would affect uh, people who are, are fans of A twenty four Hereditary. Lighthouse was an A24 film, um, as was, of course, Midsummer, et cetera, et cetera. If there's a big independent release that I'm really excited about, I'm going to go to the Indian. And I think there would be plenty of independent theaters and perhaps even more independent theaters that open and and that's that's what I that's what I was going to say yeah. as well. I think that I think that there will still be independent theaters where you can find that stuff. So if there's something that you really want to see, you can probably still find it. But how many how many places like the Enzian are there? How many independent theaters? There's not many. I've, I think there like will be only more. major cities. Well, really. Yeah. Well, then but, I'll just stream them. So, uh, but some of the ones that came out over the past in 2019, at least, um, Annapur- uh, Annapurna did. Uh, uh, it went away. Booksmart. Didn't see it. No, it was Annapurna. It was the, it. the studio. High Life, mm-hmm. Missing Link, which was the um, any of the Wallace and Gromit people movies. Didn't see it. Uh, any of the A twenty four movies, which Jimmy mentioned, uh, was the one that the one that won the Academy Award was independent. Uh, the with the Korean people living Parasite. in the basement. Parasite. Well, thanks for the spoiler. Um, I thought that wasn't a spoiler. That's in the yeah, trailer. I've never seen it. Uh, I haven't seen it either. I, I don't. I don't know. That that's gonna I want to. I, I don't feel account. like. I mean, I don't know that it'll affect my my viewing all that much. I, I don't feel like it's going to hurt independent films all that much because how Adam's family was independent, but but still, I um, independent films don't make the majority of their their money from from theater viewings. I think um, they they make a lot of it when they make the the award nominations and everything, and then they put them in the theater. Or they mm-hmm. they're in the theaters for longer as a result of that. Otherwise, I'm I'm fine with with just streaming those. Yeah, I'd love to see them in a theater environment. And if I'm going to go see those in a theater environment, it's going to be somewhere cool like the Enzian, like the Enzian, Jojo Rabbit, Uncut Gems. Enzian, I'm just looking at 19, 47 meters down. 
all Didn't those. See it. I'm I'm actually really surprised that uh, that Adam's family used one. Yeah, that's the only one that you've mentioned so far that I've actually seen. Hmm. That's the cartoon one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the only one you mentioned that I've seen. So I don't know that it would really affect my my viewing so much unless unless it became one of those things where the theaters that were owned by like Amazon or owned by like Disney only played their movies. Then you'd have to kind of hunt and try and figure out which theater has well, what. That's the and fear. That, that's that's that basically could be a pain be in the butt. Mm -hmm. And it would it would it might not be a fear right off, but it might turn into one of those situations like, you know, you're watching TV and they're like. If you want ESPN on your TV, you need to help, you know, uh, DirecTV is having an argument with so-and-so provider because what would probably happen would be the theater would be like, okay, yeah, we're a Disney theater, but we'll play this universal film, but we get to keep 30% and they're going to be like, no, you only keep 20% and then it's going to be this big deal. And then every other month you're going to have these issues with, with distribution. So I'm not sure what happens. I hope that someone will save the regular theater so we don't have to worry about it, but we will see. The only person here that, I, or actually there's two people in this, in this chat that are doing stuff to save those theaters. And that's uh, both Rob and Jimmy have been to a theater recently. So, Oh, you've been since COVID? Jimmy? Yes, I have. I saw Akira 4k restoration. Oh, I didn't hear about your experience. How was your theater experience? Very good. They, uh, Regal, Waterford did very well, did a great job. Uh, you really can't control the people in there once they get in there. Mm -hmm. they, I mean, yeah. you had to purchase seats that were two seats spaced apart, but of course, people come in, they sit right next to each other. Um, but, you know, as long as they stayed the shit away from me, I was fine. Once the movie settled. Mm -hmm. That's been my rule in general. And uh, it was very cool. And I was uh, yeah. I was sad to see that. Uh, that recent news. So, mm -hmm. so uh, Jimmy, yes. are, are are you ready in a moment to uh, to hit the music, so to speak? I am, because not not just yet, but I'll let you know. Um, yeah. So, oh, shoot, my pen has broken. Well, there there uh, it's time. It's time for some uh, Florida Florida news here. My freaking pen. I'm trying to write down things and my pen has broken Florida. and it's ruining the show. Ruining the Florida. show. Yeah. Uh, that was me choking on a cough drop because I've been sick for two weeks, but I haven't told anyone. Jimmy, you probably have COVID. Jimmy is nonplussed. No, I've not. I've, I've had a, a, a uh, an, I had an allergy attack. It's just a cough. I've, I'm good. I'm safe. I've been anyway. Testing. You went to the fucking Trump rally, I, didn't you? Yeah, and I, I was licking red yeah. hats. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's time. Speaking of, of rallies that shouldn't be happening in the middle of a pandemic, uh, let's talk about some Florida news. Yes. WTF. Let's talk about the great state that we live in, the Florida, the Florida, the state that always makes us say the Florida, the Florida. Yeah. Now there is there is a band yes. out there that is known for writing about monsters. Yep. They've sung songs about Godzilla. Godzilla, right? yes. Yeah. Is it the Monster uh, no. Squad? No, no, no. They've they've told you not to fear the Reaper, and they actually even wrote a song about a reincarnated Joan Crawford beating the shit out of people. Which I don't know that song, but I gotta look it up. To Bill and but, uh No. That, 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 can you imagine if that was a song that that saved the world? 
That would uh, be no, lovely. but this band is the Blue Oyster Cult, and they've taken on the biggest monster of all. Jimmy, hit it. <laughs> their first studio album in 20 years. One of the songs on it is called Florida Man. The uh, song is written by the lyricist slash novelist John Shirley uh, and with the group's original founding members, vocalist, guitarist Donald Buck Darmer Roser. Uh, the song sings about, I think, mostly mythical Florida people. Uh, some of the stories that are told in this song a Miami nurse who snatches a purse and drives in reverse down a highway. That's rough. Beth, who, Beth, who is high on meth with a neighbor's cat on her breath. Also rough. Also rough. Uh, Lee, who drives through a plate of glass and blames Alice's caterpillar. I think I'm convinced that one's no, real. No, it's me. <laughs> yep. um, amongst others. Uh, he wrote, he wanted to write the song about Florida man as a folk legend, like Pecos Bill or Paul Bunyan, or Pecos Pete, rather, or Paul Bunyan. Roser told the Miami Herald in an email, so the story was found in the Miami Herald. Thank you. And uh, basically wanted to talk about uh, that. Now, he actually gives a reason for Florida Man. We've talked about reasons recently. And he thinks that uh, it, that Florida Man is a seminal curse in the song. Based on the conquistadors messing with the Seminoles and then getting cursed. Um, causing Florida Man to haunt all of us like it was our fault. Uh so that is that. Now, I would also like to thank the fine folks of the Blue Oyster Cult. It was a pretty big band. Legendary. Legendary Blue Oyster Cult. Because I actually contacted them today. Almost like we a are, cult. Yeah, we, I contacted them because we are, we're little. We're small fish in a very big pond. We are just one of the many uh, uh, podcasts out there talking about pop culture. And yet they said that we could play a little bit of their song. They actually got back to me right away and said that we could listen to it. Um, so thank you if you'd like to uh, check out their new album. I actually did not write the name of the new album down. Uh, but They're terrible at this. I am. It is... Blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah, Jimmy, blah, do you blah. still have that page saved for the helper monkey? Blah, blah. The symbol remains. The symbol, the symbol remains. remains. Blue yeah. Oyster Cult. And it's good. I listened to it today. While is, that like, these notes. is that like one symbol? Or like half a symbol? I don't know. Do they not bang it's, them together anymore? It's no. no it's, oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't like him. Anyway, it also sings about Ted, who makes love to a concrete wall. So that is our lovely uh, song there. Check it out, or and uh, you know, give give the Blue Oyster Cult some love. Of course, absolutely honored that we were allowed to play that small clip. Blue Oyster Cult, of course responsible for don't fear the reaper and and one of the uh, the subject of one of the most hilarious snl skits of all time yes will ferrell and um christopher walken as bruce dickinson and (laughs) cal bell so excellent stuff Mm -hmm. i gotta tell you so i gotta feel gotta have and the only cure is more cowbell. Yes. 
So that is our Florida story. Now let's do our real topics. Uh, Who wants to bring the pain first? I'm going to go ahead and bring the pain because the pain is brought a lot on this train. Oh, it's already been brought in. I am talking about Never Hike in the Snow. That is the new film in the Never Hike in series directed by former guest on the show and very cool guy, Vin DeSanti. It was released to YouTube on October 13th, 2020. This is the prequel to Never Hike Alone, which we covered. I think we're all fans of the short, a very short film, about 31 minutes, stars Vinza Santi as Ghost Jason, Tom Matthews as Tommy Jarvis, Vinny Gustafaro, also a Friday the 13th alum, Brian Forrest, Anna Campbell, and Cortland Gordon. Three months prior to the events of Never Hike Alone, follows the strange disappearance of Mark Hill, a Crystal Lake resident who went for a hike in the dead of winter and never came home. You can imagine what happened. He didn't listen to people telling him to never hike in this now? He shouldn't have, but he did. And you can check out the 31-minute, exceptionally well-made fan film. Don't let those two words together turn you off from this. Because I know I touched on this before when we talked to Vin. There's a stigma around the term fan film. Look, they have to say that so they can stay out of uh, legal troubles. But this is fantastic. It's absolutely worth a watch. It's not going to cost you anything. And it gives you a little taste for the setup. I think one of the problems Rob had with Never Hike in the Snow is that uh, Never Hike Alone is that Tommy Jarvis just kind of shows up. There's really no kind of explanation as to how or why he was there. But that is illuminated in Never Hike in the Snow. Check those out. Watch Never Hike in the Snow first, then watch Never Hike Alone, then watch them both again. Actually, my my biggest problem with Never Hike Alone was how the ambulance found him in the middle of the woods, like, with nobody calling anything. It's like... Okay. You know, he's in the woods. They just kind of happen onto him. I understand. But have you seen Never Hike in the Snow? Not yet. Okay. So, so I think they, I think they explain it. There. There's a connection that you can make there that okay that make like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, ah, okay, that's why. Little cameo from Drew Lady as well, um, and they're a nice little like, oh, I see kind of moment, um, with the uh, the 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 star of Never High Alone, um. I love the way they they've modernized the story. They've modernized the technology. It's not, you know, you guys know what a problem I have. Like somebody throws a drone in there and they're like, Ooh, I'm piloting a drone. Look at this. This movie was made yeah. in 2019. Ooh, um, like someone getting killed while making a TikTok video. Yeah, like they, 
everyone should get killed when making a TikTok video, not just someone. They they do a great job of just like that zombie movie we just watched. Yeah, yeah. Hashtag alive. Um, they do a movie named after a hashtag. <laughs> uh, but I I think you should. It's absolutely worth it. A, a, a Thirty-one minute view. Check it out. Never hike in the snow. That movie will always be called Pound Sign Alive. <laughs> well, that's right. I wonder if. I wonder if people like felt this way when technology started getting introduced into like earlier movies, you know, like cordless phones, like, Oh, now they're just bragging about the cordless phone. Like, oh, you have a microwave. Cool. Yeah. Right. Oh, I was going to say regular phones, but like, microwave. yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder if they felt that way when gremlins came out and she, she baked that gremlin in the microwave where people yeah. like, Oh, look at you just showing off your fancy microwave. Yeah, your thousand dollar elitist microwave that now is full of gremlin guts. <laughs> I mean, they, they, you know, I, I think the most they do to they don't really throw it in your face. They're like, okay, you have a smartphone. You've seen a video on YouTube before. Okay. You get it. Yeah. There you go. So very cool. Check it out. Cool. I'm I'm six minutes into it but I had to stop to record a podcast. So I'm going to get back to that after uh, we're done recording said podcast. But I think I want to talk. Well, let's see here. We all saw Hubie Halloween. So maybe we'll end with that one. But I think I'm the only one that finished all of Haunting of Bly Manor. Jimmy is downing an entire bottle of water. Jimmy's thirsty. He is thirsty. He's a thirst trap. I think that's the thing, right? I don't even know what that means. Probably just said that I have a crush on him. It's it's totally a thing now. In fact, that's going to be the title of the episode. Jimmy is a thirst trap. Jimmy totally is, is a thirst trap. Hell yeah. yeah. I guess. Anyway, let's talk about Haunting of Bly Manor. I think I watched it. I think Jimmy watched some of it. That is the sequel, so to speak, or the at least in the same vein or realm as Haunting of Hill House this came out on October 9th of 2020 on Netflix. It is starring Amelia B. Smith, Benjamin Ainsworth, Henry Thomas, Carla Gugino, Victoria Pendretti, Raul Coley, who I, the entire time he was on the screen, I felt comfortable and I liked him. He had this giant bushy mustache and I wanted to live at it. And then I realized why I knew him. He's from oh, the is, show Eyes. Yeah, what? I was going to say, he's the chef, right? Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. And he's from the uh, the show iZombie. Uh, Zombie. It also stars Olivia Jackson Cohen, who is the lead, I believe. And she was uh, or wait, no. she's Oliver. Sorry, not Olivia. Oliver Jackson Cohen. He's the Scottish guy. Uh, he was the lead bad guy in Invisible Man. Theo. It, yeah. No, he no, was Luke. Uh, Luke. He was uh, <laughs> whatever him. The, the 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 bad guy. He was the younger brother in the first season. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, oh. Jimmy, Greg Sestero. Do you know who that is? Yeah. Well, <laughs> who is it? Your mom. Ah, that's oh. what I was going to say, too. <laughs> uh, no, he's the, he's Mark from, uh, from The Room. Luke? He's Mark from the room. He's the he is the John. But, he is the buddy. Oh, hi, Mark. Yeah, he's he's the buddy of uh, 
of the crazy dude that made the room, and he plays the fiance at the beginning of uh, Haunting of Bly Manor. Mm. So yeah, there, there's so let's let's get into this real quick as these oh, these yeah. two goofballs are what? Remember they're all gathered. They you'll well, I'll explain in a moment. So here's the synopsis real quick. They haven't revealed who that is yet. In what? The fiance. The all the people sitting around listening to the story oh, in the beginning. Yeah, okay. He's one of them. Oh, yeah. that's not who I thought you were talking about. Never mind. No, no, he's he's all of the people at the the wedding party at the beginning. Greg Sestero got uh, a cameo. Is that people? Can't you see? Can't you see? <laughs> Falling apart. Oh my god! Uh, the the fart of uh, to pull us back together. Anyway, synopsis: After an au pair's tragic death, Henry hires a young American nanny to care for his orphan niece and nephew who reside at Lyme Manor. That's not Hillary Duff. No. Oh. With the chef Owen, groundskeeper Jamie, and houndskeep and housekeeper Mrs. Gross. Houndskeeper. Houndskeeper. She could be a houndskeeper. <laughs> um. So, I well, first of all, we all I, I did not realize that haunting of of Hill House was two years. You ago. did not. Did not realize it was 2018. Um, but it was uh, so that was our favorite show, I think, of that year. Mash hit. Mine and I believe Rob's favorite show of that year. And so this one, of course, I was very excited about, but I didn't try to ex- to expect that it was going to be as good as the first one, um, which I don't think it is. But no, um, it's not. But it but is I a do, different type of story. Yeah, yeah, and the first one, of course, was really interesting because of all of the hidden ghosts and oh, that, those type too. of scares. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there are. And um, but. At the same time, you also didn't want this one to become like a derivative of that first one. You know, you you didn't want it to try to be like, okay, what's our next little trick we're going to pull? And it didn't. Um, this is more of a gothic romance than horror. The other was more of a, I would say, like a tragedy, um, like a family tragedy, the first Hill House. This one was, you know, it's basically, as I said before, the, the au pair comes to help these two kids Hmm? hillary duff not hillary duff she actually like if you like i was trying to figure out who she was and she uh she's actually not even blonde in real life so i like couldn't figure it out on imdb but she uh basically goes to this house the previous au pair has killed herself and weird things are afoot the kids are kind of strange especially the boy and I'm trying not to spoil he's stuff. Badass. He's got a Monster Squad poster in his room. Mm-hmm. He's creepy. He's uh, all Damien. Yeah. Uh, it's set in 1987, but the whole thing is actually being told as a story by um, uh, who? Carla Gugino. At this wedding that is taking place at the house. And so it's kind of interesting that they're doing this. Like, it's, I think. It starts off in 2009, then jumps back to 1987, then there's another jump back, and there's there's a lot of jumps around, and it's it's okay. And I didn't really, as I was watching, I didn't really think about, like, well, why are they doing that? Um, and they are doing it for a reason. So I thought that was interesting. Um, there were definitely some spooky hidden ghost moments, uh, which, Rob, you said you've seen some of them, or you saw them. Yeah, I, I, saw, I, I saw a couple. There were some that were really blatant. 
And I, I don't think that Jen saw him and I'm pointing him out. And I'm like, you're standing right there. And she's like, where? I'm like, right there. Center screen, man. Wait, what? There was have one you, that actually. Good. Have you, did you see the soldier in their, in their, in their dress blues? No, I didn't see that one. Or in, in their dress uniform. I mean, he's, I, I swear, he's like standing center screen, like right behind the actors as they're talking. And he, he's, there's a, there's a particular scene where they're all standing in in the foyer of the house, basically. And, you know, you're you're looking at that area right in between the two staircases that go up the side and it's kind of in mm-hmm. shadow. And he's standing in that area underneath there. And I mean, it's like a soldier dress uniform and all like white, white hat, dark, dark outfit. You know, it, oh, yeah. wow. I didn't catch that one. The one that really freaked me out wasn't all that hidden. Um. How far are, are you guys are pretty far along into it, right? I've seen the whole thing. Oh, okay. You're in episode three. So the, the, the campfire scene, the, there's one off in the distance, just kind of standing there in like a split between some trees. And that one freaked me out a little bit just because of how okay. like desolate everything was. That one got me. And also in the weird situation going on in Henry's office was a little freaky. Mm-hmm. I uh, I saw the plague doctor a couple of times. Yeah, he's he tends to hang out near the stairs. You know, I've decided something that not that I would ever own a manor or be able to ever own a manor, but if I ever find a house that has that like big foyer with um like two staircases up to like a, a walkway up above, mm-hmm. that that's pretty much every one of those houses has ghosts in it. Like very likely Hill House. This one, uh, I was watching uh, well, Hill House, the Friendly Ghost. Hill House was reversed, though. Hill House just had the giant staircase in the center of the room. And the yeah, ghost... any of that. No. Yeah. Um, I watched Casper the other day. That has it. I think Adam's family has something similar. So that's just a no. That's you, You're inviting ghosts to your... I'm pretty sure, like, even Hotel Transylvania. Like, ghosts and monsters love houses with big, big uh, entryways and doors and stairs and stuff. So... Just no. Um, I really, uh, I kind of liked what they did with the whole thing. Um, you mean as far as where they went with the story? Is that what you're talking about? I do. And I think I actually have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's there are some, it poses some questions at the end. Uh, specifically, and here, here's your spoiler. So Jimmy, if you want to, uh, you know. I think he's already took his headset off. Okay. So he was motioning that he had taken it off. Oh, okay. So if you want to, the, the one thing I thought was interesting is wondering when the kids were actually the kids. That makes sense. And when, when their wackiness was because they were, you know, possessed. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to, I I picked up on that pretty quickly. My Miles's so a, change change in moods and mannerisms was way too drastic for it to be much else, especially with this type of show. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of that stuff that was really telegraphed that wasn't telegraphed in the first season, particularly the camera moving in certain ways to reveal ghosts or to reveal them and then hide them again. Mm-hmm. They did a lot of that, where like someone would be sitting at a table talking, the camera would pan away, and like you see a ghost, and then it pan back, like. I would have liked it to be a little more subtle. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of times I'm like, okay, where should I be looking for the ghost? And the camera kind of went to where I should be looking for the ghost. 
mm-hmm. um, which I found myself doing but, a lot more of that this time around. I, I like I, I spent a lot more time in this season just checking out the background, looking for ghosts like all the time. I was always just like, mm-hmm. where's the ghost? Where's the ghost? Where's the ghost? Yeah, a lot of the Plague Doctor ghosts, you saw the the, the brim of his hat and his like nose thing. And the nose, yeah. the whole thing. Um, so I thought that was kind of kind of interesting. And there was there were some really spooky moments, some really moody moments, but there was also a lot of episodes that kind of either didn't have a spooky moment the whole time and then scared you at the end. Um, but as it said at the end, it's not a ghost story; it's a love story. It is. And and there were, in fact, a lot less really creepy moments in this season than in the previous season. Yeah. For for the for the scary creep factor, season one wins hands down. Yeah. For the for the oh that's a good story, I think this one actually wins. I actually mm-hmm. I actually liked where they took the story in this season. Yeah. And I guess we we would be a little uh, uh, remiss. If we don't mention the fact that this is actually the turn, this is actually the story, the turn of the screw uh, yes. is not exactly it, but it's, it's a modernized version of it. Um, so it's turn of the screw, which was written by Henry James in uh, released in October of 1898, which contains a tale of uh, character, two kids, Flora and miles and their caretaker, Mrs. Gross, their uncle. Uh, and of course, Peter Quint and Miss Jessel are all characters from that. So all of the other characters, that were brought into there were uh, oh and the narrator as well the storyteller so that that whole um, story at the beginning that i sort of briefly mentioned mm-hmm. um is all from the turn of the screw and of course the turn in the turn of the screw there is a bly manor so if you were interested in ghost stories of course this is great but if you want to read a ghost story you can read turn of the screw and it won't actually spoil anything because they did make some significant changes hmm. Which i think i'm gonna have to read the turn of the screw because i believe you can just get it for free now because it's like like uh, your mom common common what? whatever you know i got other things to read so that is haunting a blind manor um i liked it and as i said before i just wish that it didn't um telegraph some of the little scares yeah so i think that would be my only real complaint about it but but all in all, definitely well worth uh, the time investment to watch it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I eight hours and ten minutes total, or eight hours and thirty minutes total, or something. Yeah, I, I binged watch it in uh, two sittings. Basically, we we watched it over two nights and watched the entire thing. Mm-hmm. But it, well, well worth the time investment. I've I've very much enjoyed this series. Um, the first season is still my favorite. I I feel like the first season has really figured out how to do um horror suspense how to yeah. how to properly build it up and then release it when you're not expecting for the Goth- for like a gothic max- horror yeah for maximal effect i i, I think they just really figured <laughs> out the like formula horror, horror kama sutra there you go it builds up to a big release there you go <laughs> all over your face and ear hole and horror comma sutra that could be the name of this episode too yeah i think so we'll figure it out anyway that's what we got there and we will invite jimmy back on so i think we should go from that to another 
kind of horror thing and talk about Adam Sandler's new Netflix movie, Hubie Halloween was actually released on October 7th of this year. And like I said, it is on Netflix, but it stars Adam Sandler, Kevin James, Julie Bowen, Ray Liotta, Steve Buscemi, Rob Schneider, Maya Rudolph, Tim Meadows, <laughs> Michael Chiklis, June Squibb, George, w- basically a who's who in the Adam Sandler world. Um, yeah, that's why I wrote them all down because it, there was a lot that I wanted George, to talk about. So, Well, Keenan Thompson, Shaquille O'Neal, Ben Stiller, Colin Quinn, Dan Patrick, Peyton List. They're like all of them. Anybody who, who, who I think has ever been in an Adam Sandler movie came back. Mm-hmm. Except for Chris Rock. Yeah, true. Why couldn't he get Chris Rock? Probably busy. Anyway. The synopsis is, despite his devotion to his hometown of Salem and its Halloween celebration, Hubie Dubois is a figure of mockery for kids and adults alike. But this year, something is going bump in the night, and it's up to Hubie to save Halloween. I I got to admit, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. It, it wasn't, it's not going to win any Oscars. It's not going to win any awards. But it was super entertaining to sit there and watch. And I'm not... Honestly, I'm not a fan of Adam Sandler playing the, for lack of a better term, the mentally challenged, because that kind of <laughs> seemed like what he did in this movie, wasn't it? Kind of like yeah. the water boy? Kind of a water boy, yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, I, you're 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 hitting the the nail on the head for me as well. You know, we, we always try to kind of talk a little bit about that type of stuff where we're like the stuff we like, the stuff we don't like, our mm-hmm. initial thoughts. And I saw the poster for this, which is a hand, a beautiful hand painted poster from the Nick, the Netflix, uh, not fronts, but like the, this is what's coming in October thing. And I was like, wow, that's an Adam Sandler Halloween movie. That's exactly what I need. And then I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh man, they're doing a special Adam Sandler. Yep. And it's weird because there have been Adam, Adam Sandler movies that I've liked where he was playing special Adam Sandler, like the water boy. Uh, but usually <laughs> I like, the, usually I like the movie in spite I, of that versus liking the movie because of that. So I was a little like, ah, oh, crap. But yeah, as you said, I, I, t- I actually ended up enjoying this a whole lot, like a whole, whole lot. Jimmy, what you got? I enjoyed it as well. I was initially put off by that. As soon as he opened mm-hmm. his mouth, I was like, oh, man, damn it. Really? It, it's the guy movie up like who can't drive a car for one reason or another. Everybody hates him. He lives with his mom. Like, oh, who wore the best shirts? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, will, we will get to those. I think it was one of the highlights of the film. But laughed every time there were parts of this movie that I mean, had me doubled over uh, and, and that was so much more than I expected from it. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. The, the, when I started it, there was the one thing that really got me to be like, okay, this movie gets it. This is exactly what I want. And that was uh, Ben Stiller showing up as Hal. So yeah, if you guys exactly, uh, if you guys you're in watch, my world now, <laughs> watch the early Adam Sandler movies. Uh, 
Happy Gilmore, of course, he was trying to rescue his sweet little old grandmother from an evil uh, nursing home. And Hal was Ben Stiller. You will go who... to sleep or I will put you to sleep. <laughs> I'll get you a nice glass of shut the, shut was the it? hell up. <laughs> trouble yeah, the handlebar... Shut the hell up. The handlebar mustachioed Ben Stiller. And he comes back in this movie. And I thought it was awesome. So from that point, I I said, oh, it's it's one of these. And I, I think from there, I was really, really able to enjoy it. Yeah. And this, of course, could possibly lead to a conversation of, is there such a thing as a Sandler verse? Uh, sure. Because, yes. Because he actually did talk a little bit about that. Because um, back in... Adam Sandler back in 2014 signed a $250 million deal uh, with Netflix and it actually paid for itself because a lot of the movies that he has done for them have actually hit number one in Netflix world. Yeah. Under the happy medicine. Yeah. And I still don't know how that works though, because do they, how does it how does it make money for them if the people already have subscriptions? I mean, wouldn't they have to sell new subscriptions in order for it to be considered making money? I think they they do something. There's some sort of metric that determines are people sticking around because of certain things. So, I'm yeah, but I don't, I don't feel know like exactly they can they determine measure. that there's. I, can, I don't feel that they can determine that they're sticking around because of that particular movie, though. You know what I'm saying? Well, I think, I mean, well, they know what people are watching. So that's the one thing. So obviously, if, you know, if something has 10, you know, 100 million viewers or whatever, 10 million viewers, they'll know that. But I think that what they're pro I'm guessing, I don't know this at all, but what I'm guessing is they're going to base it off of logins. Because at a certain point, if you're like, man, I haven't looked at anything on Netflix in three months, you're going to cancel. So I think what they're looking for is, are people logging in specifically to watch X? And then is that the only thing they watch that month and they stick around? Okay. Or are they watching that? I guess that that could be a fair assessment. Yeah. Because like, I've seen a lot of stories about shows getting canceled their second season, even though they did pretty well the first season. And you're like, well, how do they know? that and it's like well is the second season going to bring people make people stay for it or is it going to be just a net like well we kind of told the story we wanted to tell season one and let's just cut it off okay so but again i'm i don't know but anyway yeah the 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 uh the whole uh, adam sandler dumb guy thing we've probably you know beaten that into the mud but i did like just all of the other Adam Sandler people, speaking of Sandlerverse, that have that showed up. Yeah. Um, Although I I have to admit I kind of get tired of the whole um, the the beautiful girl falls for the mentally challenged guy. I'm like, mm, come on. That's that's the reason why I think they should have just had him as just a super nice guy. Right. Like maybe not have him like challenged so much as naive i think would have been a better play that that would have been that would have been better yeah Mm -hmm. but i i have to admit i mean i i want his freaking thermos 
that can change into things, the Swiss Army Thermos. Into, like, everything. <laughs> it was a freaking dustbuster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the beautiful girl that fell for him was Julie Bowen, who was what voted most beautiful, most sweet, most funny, whatever, in high school. talented or something. Like, yeah. all, the trifecta, he called it. Was still, uh, still living in the small town. Well, I guess not really small town, Salem. And was way too attractive for, for everyone else around her, especially him. And uh, still yet fell for him. But she has a, a habit of doing that, as she did in uh, Modern Family as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I loved Steve Buscemi uh, in that as the uh, werewolf, I believe. <laughs> and this, the little the little in-jokes of the what was going on in the basement. And him just, he was, he was uh, Hubie's new neighbor, if you haven't seen it out there. Mm-hmm. And he was like, for your weird sounds, maybe don't stop by my house. Yeah. Don't come by. Don't check it out. Don't yeah. call anybody. I loved it. just his introduction where he was talking about the, the Halloween decorations in the front. I'm just like, ah, oh, that's that's a classic or whatever he said. I just just the the way it was the conversation happened. And mm-hmm. uh Steve mm-hmm. and uh Rob Schneider, of course, as the man who's just peeing whenever he wants to. <laughs> in fact, yeah. I'm peeing right now. <laughs> I was like, oh, hand. gross. Uh, this movie had to be so much damn fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fun for everybody involved. I mean, one of the my biggest takeaways from this was what Halloween should be this year. and Unfortunately, won't be. Uh, right. It, it doesn't completely fill that void i mean there's there's haunted houses there's you know it, at least on my street um people are throwing up i like to think i kind of set this trend but people are throwing up dollar store uh decorations those uh like like they're puking them up on their lawn no yeah they're 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 putting them up um those little kind of solar lights you get from the dollar store that last for about mm-hmm. two days uh, but yeah, this is this is the Halloween I, I wish we could have this year. Yeah, uh, with a lot of Adam Sandler, SNL cast, Pepperdine. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, and you're absolutely right. This was this was one of those movies where it seemed like everyone involved really enjoyed what they were doing. It there, there are some movies where you can just tell that the people are having a good time and they're enjoying the the mo- making the movie, and th- you really got that vibe from this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let let's talk about those shirts. Now, it, it, you oh, the way you were talking about the Halloween thing, I was going to say real quick. I always love in the, any Halloween movie when they do that initial shot coming down a street, and there's usually trees lining the street, and you see all the kids in the costumes like kind of running diagonally across the street to like introduce the fact that it's Halloween night. Mm-hmm. It's been there since you know it was in that movie. You had us watch Rob. It was in Halloween. It was in this. It's just you're like, talking about Midnight Hour, probably whatever the Halloween one was. With Sherry Belafonte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So just, it's that type of shot that's like, yeah. that needs to be in every halloween theme movie sure. to me. And Stranger Things mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, but yeah, let's talk about those shirts. <laughs> I thought I wrote down all the shirts, but I don't think I did. They were, the so the shirts, uh, you know, I guess uh, Hubie and his mom. Yeah. 
don't have a lot of money, so she shops at uh, at Goodwill, I guess she said. Thrift store or something. Yeah, thrift Goodwill stores, and she's like, look what I picked up, just 50 cents, and all of her shirts are thrift store shirts, and they're all like... From the same guy. From the same... <laughs> yeah, I think so. Because the, the first one we see her in is it's it's like a a red shirt with a white cross on it like a like a medical cross or like you would see at a medical tent mm-hmm. but it says boner donor and she, the actress is 92 years old or something oh. yeah and when when Hubie asks her about it she's like oh well you know i think it's kind of like when you make a mistake <laughs> so it's for someone who makes a lot of mistakes i mean that's that's what a a boner is yeah um but also much more widely known as something else uh however hubie doesn't seem to know what a boner is uh because he takes his mom's explanation and i love that they call him out on it later in the movie oh yeah he he just makes huge boners all over yeah he's given a speech and somebody in the audience is like you don't, don't know what boner is, I don't th- do you? I don't think he knows what that is. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he keeps going on with his speech, and they're like, yeah, no, he doesn't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> That's my boner. Yeah. The, the That really spells out the uh, the whole, like, the theme, or not the theme, but, like, the jokes in this thing. There's actually, you can actually buy all of those T-shirts um, on Etsy already. Oh, that's amazing. It's, uh, what is it? Kayaking gets me wet. I shaved my balls for this. Yes. <laughs> it's not going to lick itself. <laughs> muff diving club or something. Yeah, yeah, muff diving school. And if you can read this, you're in fart range. <laughs> which, yeah, it really set the tone for the rest of it, which is somewhere in between 13, 14 years old to however old we are now. <laughs> they're, they're... probably however old we make it to yeah yeah like i'm gonna jump to the end real quick but we're gonna talk about some other stuff too i'm sure because you said the tone and it has that it definitely has the adam sandler tone where it tries to kind of teach you a message in a way like all of the adam sandler movies sort of have that little message at the end at least the comedies like yeah like a little like moral of the story kind of thing yeah you know like the business ethics thing and and uh Billy, uh, Billy Madison, right? Yeah. Billy Bonerson. Yes. You know, little things like that. And of course this one is a, you know, sort of a nice anti-bullying message. They're all bullying him. And turns out and they're all like, well, yeah, we're actually not happy with ourselves. And actually my fa- the thing I laughed at the hardest other than the shirts in this movie was Maya Rudolph at the end. Oh, Maya Rudolph. Okay. At the very end where she's like, she's like, I, have been sexually unfulfilled my entire life. And the, and her husband is like, what? He's like, yeah, you were there for most of it. You know, <laughs> like, which, which yeah, you were there, you know, for most of it. That's the best part. Brings yeah. to my favorite part of the film. And that was Tim Meadows. Oh uh, yeah. Tim Meadows was the ladies man on mm-hmm. SNL. And he had, I think the standout funniest scene in this he is in the car with Maya Rudolph and he's got his costume is one that makes it look like he's holding his own head mm-hmm. and he starts sucking his own fingers. Yeah. <laughs> like, the costume fingers. Yeah. The, the costume fingers and Maya Rudolph looks at him like, 
the fuck is wrong with you? And he's like, oh, yeah? Yeah, does that turn you on? She goes, no. Like, <laughs> those are man fingers. Are you saying I have man fingers? And it's the weirdest. Like, oh, it's so awkward. It's so awkward and it's so funny. And Tim Meadows just has that fucking ridiculous wig on. Yes. And and I love <laughs> I I can't even tell you what it was that he said, but when he was insulting Adam Sandler's character, and Adam Sandler was just like, Well, I'm not wearing a wig or some shit. <laughs> I was like, oh God. That was actually pretty funny. Ridiculous thing on your head. Mm-hmm. Like that. <clears throat> Uh, Kevin James always likable in these. Movies. He's he's freaking great in this. He's been he's been so mainstream for so long. That you... uh, what is that a Muppet? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Kevin James has been so mainstream for so long that like you always worry when someone is like a mainstream comedian that that does mostly clean humor that they're be like, oh, they're a sellout or this or that, and it's just like everything he's in. Even stuff that you people make fun of, like a uh, Paul Blart, mm-hmm. actually isn't bad. They will no, always have funny moments. Yeah, he was just in a serious like stalker movie recently, which I think he was pretty good in. I didn't see it, but that's what I yeah, that's what the the buzz something. was. Yeah, that's what the <clears> internet <throat> said. Yeah, the internet tells me things. <laughs> uh, but you know he he was good as the the football star that never left town. He's got. He's a police officer now. He's got his mullet. He's got whatever. Uh, there, the cameos we talked about. The big one. The the big one was Shaquille O'Neal. Like, what? As the radio oh, DJ. Mm-hmm. And then his wife. Yeah. His wife is actually. I was. I was watching. I'm like, I know her from somewhere. And she was in that veterinary hospital comedy. This is my real voice. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Uh. So damn funny. Completely, yes. Probably the most unexpected thing in the movie. Yeah, yeah. The the most unexpected cameo at that time. Yeah. 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 Unexpecting. Mm-hmm. And it was just had it had like a Delilah in the afternoons voice on the radio. Mm-hmm. I think this is actually gonna be one of those the things where like the stuff we loved about it and the stuff we hate about it is pretty much the same for all of us. It just felt like Halloween. It felt fun. Mm-hmm. It was um, hated, of course, the, the goofy, dumb voice, uh, which I think everyone felt the same way. On that. Yeah, there were even times where I couldn't understand him, and I felt like it was. He, there's a part where he, the whole series of events happens, and he goes to the Black Cat Diner to uh, talk to his love interest, who he doesn't really realize is his love interest, but mm-hmm. she really has the hots for him. I mean, hard, like big time, big time. Like, you want some Chardonnay? You know, all these <laughs> things. And he's just kind of talking. Nah, right, fine. I don't want something. And he goes on through this whole story. I'm like, I didn't understand a thing he said. So if if I was supposed to, it, maybe my volume wasn't turned up enough. But I, that that was, yeah. That was, okay. She was basically Ooh. doing a, a Heather Locklear in Wayne's World hitting on Garth. Yeah. Right? That was, yeah. That was Heather Locklear, right? Yeah. Yep. Can I be Frank? Only if I can still be good. Not Heather Locklear. It's not Heather Locklear? Not the Can I Be Frank. Who was that? It wasn't Ambassador, was it? I gotta look it up. Wayne's World. 
Um, anyway, so as, as I was saying, as I'm looking this up, I definitely think uh, Kim Basinger. Kim is Kim Basinger. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Come on, man, Honey Hornet. Garth, I'm going to be frank with you. Okay, can I still be Garth? Take me. <laughs> Where? I'm low on gas and you need a jacket. Yep. Anyway, that's uh, this is probably going to be something I watch every year in October. Is what and I it should be. At. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it set the mood, man. I was so, I was excited to watch this. I was like, well, I'll watch the very beginning of it. And then ended up like watching it at a very weird time, like you know, three in the afternoon because I couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. You know, you know what we need to do? We mm. need to put together a must watch annual Halloween list. Pick like 15 movies that we all agree on that. You know what? These are the movies that we absolutely should watch annually for Halloween. And put it on the, uh, the website. Yes. Easy enough. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we can have that by the end of the month. Or yeah. Other. Maybe. That works. Maybe you just might have to turn into the patron-only episode. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, we got to do that for our patrons. Speaking of patrons, as we close out, I'm assuming we are done with Hubie Halloween here. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely watch I would it. definitely say watch that you Netflix. should check it out. Yeah. Watch it. I mean, if you've got a Netflix subscription, I mean, why the hell not? It's worth it's worth the time investment to watch it. It's entertaining. It's funny. It's lighthearted. Not it's not really scary. I think you can. Was there anything was there anything that they couldn't watch with their kids? Like, like if they yeah, had kids there's some, the some humor like. There's probably some stuff you wouldn't want a seven year old repeating. Right, but there, but there was there wasn't much that was like over over the top. I mean, there wasn't yeah. anything that I was like that was like cringeworthy. I was like, ooh, that won't go over well. The the pee, that's about it. No, the pee was hilarious. The pee was uh, hilarious. I watched. The movie. Yeah, I, I mean couch, him I him that. coming in wearing the ghost sheet with the pee stains on it. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, was good stuff. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was so damn funny. I I I. I watched this probably around the same time you did, Greg. I, mm-hmm. I finished watching the movie. I had to step outside to bring my trash cans in or something like that. There was a leaf in my driveway. And the air was just a little bit cooler. The breeze was a little bit stronger. And it felt just a little bit more like Halloween. So, yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, put me in a good mood for the rest of the day. I, so. Yeah, I still am. Nice. So, patrons, real quick. Boner. We mentioned patron-only episode. Boner. And this patron-only stuff, we have a Patreon. You can check that out at uh, patreon.com. Yeah, slash give me five podcast. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> you can check us out. Uh, pa- patreon.com slash give me five podcast. Just $5, and you can be part of the insanity that is the give me five podcast podcast you get to be part of our chat room actually some of the news from tonight came in through the chat room as we were talking uh so you get to be part of the show you get to answer the give me five question of the week and which is on our side b episode and you get to you know and if you're crazy and you have a birthday we will actually do a give me five question about you yeah you'll even get uh access to the phone number to call under the show 
Yeah, you can even call in and leave voicemails. I'm not sure you if anyone can call has done in that. with your own list. I don't know if anyone's done that this week. I got to check. So, anyway, that is our Patreon. Jimmy, take us out this evening. Thank you so much for listening. Good morning. Good afternoon. And never hike alone. Yeah.